Al, I'm going to give you some, some life advice here. Oh, Lord. If you're ever looking to seal the deal with someone, mm-hmm. whether it's just like, you know, a business deal or a friendship or whatever, mm-hmm. you look them square in the eye, mm-hmm. you point your finger out, and you say one word, and, it, and it, you're locked in. You know what that one word is? What is it? It's objection. But that wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I was gonna say is that hold it, but that's two words. <laughs> yeah, but objection doesn't make any sense anyway. They're about to turn you down. You're like objection. <laughs> okay, there makes sense. And they're like, no, overruled. You're like, oh dang it. Oh dang. I'm I'm oh. done. I'm done skis here. Let me let me throw some evidence your way and hope that it sticks. Let me update the autopsy report. <laughs> <laughs> the ever updating autopsy report. Oh boy, uh, the Ace Attorney trilogy is getting has been re released again for like the one thousandth yes. time. <laughs> I I think I told you that I bought it for the millionth time yes. today when I texted you. I have bought uh this series. I think this is the third time I bought this series of games. So yeah, uh, the, the strange thing about this re-release is that it is now actually on like home consoles for the first time ever, and also mm-hmm. on the PlayStation and Xbox for the first time ever, which is yep. still a wild thing to wrap your head around yep. that this Nintendo franchise is now on like other platforms. I mean, to be fair, it had been on mobile devices for a while now, but like other consoles, it's still very weird to to think of. But uh, it's a you know, it's a good. Uh, it's a good re-release of these of those first three games. Um, they do some really good things to update the game. They use like the uh, the HD re-release visuals, which they look totally fine on like on a big screen. Should um, we introduce the the podcast before we talk about this? No, we're just gonna keep going. Okay, you you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the season I check up OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared. Joined as always by. The the doctor of attorneys and ladium. Hello. <laughs> this is episode one hundred and twenty two. We are talking about we're talking about the first game specifically, mm-hmm. but uh, I I just wanted to make mention of that new re release that that just came out. Talk a little bit about it because I've had my hands on it for a little bit longer than most people. <laughs> yeah. Because I bought it. I bought the Japanese version, which had, which was fully localized, mm-hmm. and everything. So. Why not get it? I wonder why it took so long to come over here. That's a yeah, that's a great question. Um, but yeah, I I am trying to remember. Like I've I bought this. I bought the the games on the DS mm-hmm. individually. I have all of them except the third game on the DS, like on original DS. I think I didn't. I never got the third game because it was like super expensive. Oh, but that's your favorite. It is. But I never played it until I got the 3DS re-release. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I have the originals. I have the 3DS. I have this one. I had some other version of it too, but I don't remember what it was. Well, we could probably we'll talk about that when we talk about how many times the first game has been released. <laughs> okay. Um, but to to finish up on the the re-release, it uh, it runs really well. Um, everything just like is real snappy. Uh, and it has basically my favorite new feature that they've added for this series. And it's like, it's a nitpicky thing that I've had with the series throughout like all the games. And um, basically anytime you try to save scum, 
uh, the game would like let you save, but it would pop you out back to the main menu, and it would get it's it's an annoying little like thing where it's having to like load back in, do that constantly if you're trying to like get through a case. This you just pull up the menu, you save, you're right back in immediately, and you can like load immediately if you mess up. It's like so seamless, so fast. It's literally the one thing I always wanted them to fix, and they did, and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really good. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, but we were talking about the very first game in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, over here entitled Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Uh, over in Japan, it is Gayakutan Saiban, or the literal translation of it is called Turnabout Trial. <laughs> Uh-huh. Which makes a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, like I said, uh, this game has been released a, a metric butt ton of times. Yes. Uh, it was originally released 18 years ago. Oh, that makes me feel old. On October 12, 2001 in Japan on the Game Boy Advance. God, that makes me feel old. Uh, it would not come out over over here for another four years uh, when it would get released on the, on the DS. Uh, mm-hmm. First came out in Japan on September 15, 2005, and North America October 12, 2005, and then Europe on March 16, 2006. Uh, Japan would get a PC release of the first game as well on December 23, 2005. Uh, it would not come over to PC until literally this, the new trilogy came out uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, it came out on the Wii in episode format which is interesting. Uh, Japan on December 15, 2009, on North America on January 11, 2010, and then Power Regions on January 15, 2010, and then the fifth episode of that came out in Japan on March 16, 2010, North America on March 24, 2010, and then Pow on in May 2010 sometime. Uh, it came out on mobile devices on iOS as an original version in Japan on December 21st, 2009, and North America on May 24th, 2010, and then was re-released as an HD version of the entire trilogy in Japan on February 7th, 2012, and in North America and Europe on May 30th, 2013. This version got ported to the 3DS with some, like, updatedness, updated, like, visuals and stuff to it. Uh, in Japan on April 17th, 2014, in North America December 9th, 2014, and in Europe on December 11th, 2014, and then just this very recent version, which came out to Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, came out uh, basically everywhere but Japan this past Tuesday, April 9th, 2019, and then it came out in Japan on February 21st, 2019. Like I said, this thing has been out there mm-hmm. a lot of times. It, it like uh, just thinking that we are we are nearing the twentieth anniversary of this game. Oof. It does not seem like that should be the case, but like it, it. No. It's one of those things where you have to remember, like this was originally a GBA game. Yeah. And a lot of people, like outside of Japan, don't really think of it as a GBA game. They think of it I as a DS game. DS game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that my brother's friend, if I'm, if I'm wrong, and Keller listens to this, he can correct me, but. I think my brother's friend like downloaded the Japanese version, mm-hmm. but then like it was in Japanese, so didn't know what he was doing really. I have that version on my NES Classic. Did you put it on mine? I don't. Maybe I don't know. I I I. Hmm. I think maybe I said no because I didn't understand it. I think that was the case. 
Yeah, because I was like, eh, I have versions of it that I can't understand. But like, I going going back and looking at that original version is actually kind of interesting, just to see what it is and how it plays. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's it's the same thing, but just not on a DS. So that is that is interesting to say the least. Um, and with that, one of the best characters. It's true in the whole series. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um. I never got into the series until maybe like 2013, 2012, 2013, um, when I had a 3DS and was looking to expand into the back catalog of the DS. I think there was a time when I had a DS, I, I was going to get this, but I think it came down to picking this and uh, Trauma Center, and I picked Trauma Center over this. I mean, Trauma Center is good, but that was that was a poor decision. I would I would say in retrospect, yes, it was a poor decision. <laughs> <laughs> Trauma Center was fun, but this is a better game. This is a better game. It is a much better game. Um, I've been playing it well since it came out on the DS. Since two thousand five. Oh my god, that hurts my soul. Well, let's, uh, as we do with a lot of these Capcom games recently, mm-hmm. let's talk about some development history with it. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, let's do the thing. Because uh, one name that is attached to this game is someone we have talked about very much uh, recently over the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. One Shinji Mikami is yep. associated with this game. Uh, all of this is from the Wikipedia page, so we will probably be reading a lot of that verbatim. Uh, this says, it took a team of seven people ten months to develop the first Ace Attorney game isn't a lot and also a short amount of time uh uh-huh. directed by shu takami and produced by atsushi inaba with music by masakazu sugimori uh kumiko suikane designed the characters with art by tatsuro iwamoto in the year 2000 after uh, takami had finished his work on dino crisis 2 his boss mr shinji mikami gave him six months to create an any create any type of game he wanted free slate clean slate blank check do whatever you want, <laughs> which is which is interesting. Like you, you don't really hear like creators having that type of free reign. No. To do whatever. Uh, Takami had originally joined Capcom wanting to make mystery and adventure games, and felt this was the big chance to make his mark as a creator. At first, the game was planned to be released for the Game Boy Color, but after development team after the development team saw the Game Boy Advance system's screen and footage of Mega Man Battle Network, Takami <laughs> felt it would be perfect for Ace Attorney. The game was designed to be simple, as Takami wanted to be easy enough for even his mother to play. (laughs) (laughs) As it was less common at the time to use professional voice actors, the development team provided the game's voice clips, each staff member recorded every sample needed for the game, and then the best ones were used. Takami used his privilege as a director to cast himself as Phoenix, however, while Sugimura voiced Von Karma and Iwamoto voiced Edgeworth. The game was... Do what? I didn't know that. There you go. We're learning things. Yeah, we are. The game was originally going to be a detective game with Phoenix as a private investigator who finds a body at his client's office and is arrested. As the lawyer who is assigned to his case is useless, Phoenix takes up his own defense. One staff member suggested that Phoenix should be a hamster, which while this didn't happen, this early (laughs) version of Phoenix did have a pet hamster. It was decided... (laughs) Who was like, you know what, he should be a hamster. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. Uh, It was decided early during development to refer to the game as... Servibon, Attorney Detective Naruhodokun, which that is his name his in Japanese, Japanese yeah. 
while Servibon being a portmanteau of survival and the Japanese word Saibon, or court or trial, among other names considered were Boogie Woogie Innocence and Bingo Bengo, with Bingo referring to answering correctly and Bengo being Japanese for legal representation. <laughs> Those are fantastic names. They really are. Wow. Takami um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, once we start our Ace Attorney, like, cover band that, like, we, we just, like, make songs all about Ace Attorney, one of those is going to be our band name. Hello, we are Boogie Woogie Innocence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. Loki, you want to join the band? He would, he would definitely be in. He turned away from wow. me. Wow. <laughs> so rude. He's like, Mom, you're not cool. Whoa, that's, that's very rude. Uh, Takami soon realized that finding and taking apart contradictions was not related to detective work. He felt the main setting of the game should be courtrooms. At one point, the game was in danger of being canceled when two staff members left the company, but Takami's division leader and Inaba enlisted a member of the Resident Evil development team to help them part-time. <laughs> Resident Evil is always coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, this has a complete section about writing, so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about writing. Uh, Takami felt the best way to write a mystery was with a good climax is to review, reveal various clues, then put them together into one conclusion and not have multiple possible endings. He said the biggest challenge with this is making the gameplay and story work together. The goal is to make the player feel that they have driven the story forward themselves with their own choices, even though the game is linear. While writing the episodes, Takami ranked the importance of each. The first episode was the most important to make sure the player likes the game. The second episode was the second most important to solidify the player's interest. And the finale was the third most important. In general, each scenario was finished before anything else was done. Then characters were designed, designed based on the scenarios, and Takami adjusted the dialogue as needed to make sure it fit the designs. At this point, the scenes were to have specific cut-in illustrations made for them Made for them were decided. Takami drew rough sketches of them and also drew the storyboards for the episode's openings, which consisted of a series of detailed drawings showing what is happening. In Takami's first draft of the story, the second episode, Turnabout Sisters, was the first episode of the game. The development team decided because of its length, among other factors, it did not work well easing players into the game. As a result, he wrote a shorter episode, The First Turnabout, which was used as the game's first episode. He wanted players to focus on the thrill of nailing the culprit, especially for the first episode. For this reason, the culprit in the first episode is shown in its opening. This was the most direct way Takami could think of doing it. Takami said it was a challenge to write the episode. In addition to keeping it short, he had to set up the world of Ace Attorney and the types of characters players would meet. The third episode was written for the sake of the character Miles Edgeworth, and the theme of the fourth episode was rekindling the relationship. In it, Takami tried to portray an intensively strong friendship between Phoenix and Edgeworth. He did wonder if that was what people got from it, saying that some people interpreted the bond between Phoenix and Edgeworth as intensively passionate. <laughs> Which, uh, yes. Take one look uh, at Tumblr. Do you, he... I say Tumblr and AO3, like, yeah. take one look and it's, it's all about that. Mm -hmm. uh, because of these two episodes, Takami considered Edgeworth to be the game's protagonist in a way. The classroom trial in the fourth game's episode, or the, fourth, the game's fourth episode, is based on real events. When Takami was in second grade, he found a five yen coin and put it in his pocket. His teacher accused him of stealing it from another student and made him apologize to her. Uh, Takami spent a little, a little time writing a backstory for Phoenix before writing the game's story, and said made up dialogue and developed Phoenix's personality as he went along. <laughs> he said Phoenix is everything and is is himself and everything but name, with dialogue similar to what Takami would have said in each situation in the games. He attributed this to being a first-time writer who did not think about developing characters before writing the story. Takami did not write a backstory for Dick Gumshoe. His character and personality just fell into place after Takami decided the character would just end his sentences with Pal. 
other aspects of the character came about organically as he wrote the story. For instance, at one point, Edgeworth says he will cut Gumsh- Gumshoe's salary. This became part of Gumshoe's backstory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Takami came up with the partner character, Maya, thinking it would be a more fun for players to have another character with them providing advice rather than investigating on their own. Originally, she was going to be a lawyer in training, preparing to take the bar exam. Larry Butts, the game's first defendant, was particularly difficult for Takami to write. He rewrote the character several times. Originally, he was going to be an average Joe type of character who only appeared in the game's fourth episode. After his inclusion in the first episode, however, Suikane and Iwamoto told, told Takami to give the character some oomph. Takami then wrote him as a prickly tough guy who had the habit of telling people he was going to kill them. Some of the higher-ups at Capcom did not like this, so Takami changed him <laughs> to a character who laments his lot in life, saying, I'm going to die, or that the situation is killing him. The third episode's culprit was originally going to be male, until Suikane pointed out that the game's villains were all male. The development team debated what to do now with the female character. Some staff members thought it would be odd to have a female character be the director of an action show, and some wondered what to do with the director role if she could not fill it. In the end, Takami changed the scriptwriter character to a director and made the culprit a strong, glamorous, fashionable, and cool-headed producer. Also, a brief bit here on the uh, the fifth episode that would be included in the DS versions. Um, this talks about how basically that episode had a lot of like built-in features for the DS specifically, and that kind of comes to fruition when you play through it. Like, there's stuff that involves the microphone, the touchscreen, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this says. Um, the idea of that came from American Capcom staff members. The Japanese staff did not like the idea of adding unnecessary features. <laughs> but Takumi thought it was important to make the American audience happy, so it was included as an optional feature. Hmm. And then, of course, if you have played this game or know anything about it, this series has a, you know, a rather infamous localization. Mm-hmm. And how like a lot of it has been like Americanized, um, even though the, these games, Japanifornia, Japanifornia, uh, a lot of these games are like, this is very much Japan, but it's totally the United States. So Which I think it's hilarious and it leads to the charm. Like everybody knows about the, like, uh, eat your hamburgers, Apollo mm-hmm. comic yeah. when he's eating sushi. Like, I think that it's hilarious and just like very very key to this series and my enjoyment of it is just like the insanity behind the localization mm-hmm. well, it's so funny let's learn about that localization <laughs> let's do it uh the localization of this game was outsourced to bound global bone b-o-w-n-e <laughs> and handled by writer alexander o smith who was unfamiliar with the ace attorney series before working on it and editor steve anderson while the Japanese version of the game takes place in Japan, the localized version is set in the United States. Normally, the setting would be left vague, while cultural differences the target audience would not understand would be adapted. Because one of the episodes involves time zones, however, they had to specify where the game takes place and chose the United States without thinking a lot about it. This became an issue in later games, where the Japanese setting was more obvious. Bone Bound Global staff handled all the voice roles in the localized version. Takami had wanted to do the English voice for Phoenix, but Ben Judd handled it. Smith faced problem, several problems related to the game's use of puns. In the Japanese version, each character has a name that relies on Japanese on Japanese wordplay. While Smith and Anderson had a lot of freedom when it came to localizing the names of minor characters, they had to discuss names of the main cast with Capcom. Smith came up with a list of first and last names for Phoenix. The first suggestion was Roger Wright. <laughs> Phoenix was also on the list, but further down. 
Smith felt that Wright had to be the character's surname because Phoenix's surname in the Japanese version, Nanahodo, meaning I see or I understand, was used many times in the game's text as a joke. The reason for the suggested first name Roger was alliteration, and Roger was a good source for jokes. A staff member of the development team, however, thought that Roger Wright was too similar to Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Other suggested first names included Pierce, Xavier, Marcus, and Zane. <laughs> In the end, Phoenix was chosen for its heroic sound. As the game's dialogue consists of a lot of wordplay and misunderstanding, Smith would analyze scenes before writing them. He would determine what the scenes were trying to accomplish and where their beats were. After he had the structure of a scene in his head, he would write it. At times, he was able to make use of the original Japanese dialogue, but most of the time, he had to come up with new ideas himself. At several points, the English wordplay was inspired by the wordplay in the Japanese version. At others, it was not possible to have wordplay in the same places as in the Japanese version, so Smith would change the structure of the scene slightly. Sometimes, Smith would come up with a joke or funny line and change the scene to make the joke work. About half the jokes were rewritten based on the characters present in the scene, rather than using translations of the Japanese jokes. So there you go. Nice. All the the, the hot scoops. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I, I really think it's funny. It is one of the things though that like it's probably one of the reasons why the um the Ace the great Ace Attorney uh side series has never came out over here because that series is very much like rooted in like a lot of like classic Japanese culture because it's yeah. it's a series that comes in the past, and right. it's one of those things like okay, how do you how do you localize that? How do you make that? How do you translate that into America? I mean, you don't. Yeah, you say that Phoenix had a Japanese ancestor. Okay, yeah, true. That's like, fair. I, fi I fixed the localization issues for you There you guys. go. Capcom, please yeah. hire Al. She has fixed your issues. You literally just say that Phoenix had an ancestor who was Japanese, and that's not hard. Uh, just saying. So there you go. Uh, this series also spawned off a lot of different uh, different works, to different, different adaptations in various forms of media. Uh, yeah. There was a manga released at some point in 2006. Wow. There was a live-action film adaptation <laughs> in 2012 directed by uh, Takashi Miike, who also would go on to direct the uh, the Diamond is Unbreakable live-action film. Oh, wild. So there's that. Uh, and then it also spawned that anime that we have talked about. Yes. Um... If you have listened to previous episodes of this, we have we have we have talked about uh, the the Ace Attorney anime, which now has its second season just wrapped up. Uh, that first season's bad. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is bad. Basically, this game adaptation is bad. It is. It is not good. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of just like bad things that are happening within it. Like not nothing in terms of like I would say like writing or like how like they they show the game just like a lot of like weird animation quirks uh just the art's not great at, at a lot of points it, it really feels low budget i'd also say that like they didn't really get the pacing right compared to the game so and i think that's actually like that is something they they really fixed in the second season where they're like where the first season was the first two games the second season mm -hmm. is just the third game yep and it gives them a lot more time to breathe, let, like, things actually, like, 
feel like it's it's going at a good pace especially that last case which they 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 devoted like six or seven episodes to that that final case just on its own you have to you have to yes and i think it totally works and it really honestly felt like uh a1 pictures slash cloverworks uh basically took a lot of like the criticisms of that first season to heart and like really improved on the on the the animation improved on the art like there are still times where like it can look a little funky but like i mean a lot of anime has those moments in general right um and i think they did like they really knocked it out of the park in terms of like coming back from the pits of despair with that first season and rising back up with that second season um uh rise from the ashes if you will there you go uh, I mentioned this on the Seasonal Anime Checkup podcast that just came out, and I, I've told you this as well, but, like, how how good they did that or how well they did that that second season, like, I really want to see them do Apologistice now, which is not something I was expecting to say going into that second season. <laughs> I just want more Apologistice I mean, of general. course you do. He is one of my, my animated boyfriends. It's true. I love him. It would probably be a little bit difficult to adapt that because, like, you know, Cyclops are a, a big thing at the end of that game of Apollo mm-hmm. Justice, and they, they never really touch that thing in the anime at all. Like, it's just something they kind of skip over. And I'd, I'd be curious as well, like, how they would do uh, Apollo's wristband. Uh, yeah, that would that'd be tough. So there are some things that, like, it's like, I how are you going to do this? But... If they can keep the, the quality up from that second season and do an Apollo Justice anime, like, they should do it. They should totally do it. Let's talk about the first game, though. That's why we're Let's here. Let's do it. Yes. Where, okay, so, before we dive into the story and everything, okay. where would you rank the first game amongst the entire series? Ooh, the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, I need, I need paper. <laughs> You could have warned me, man. I like to keep you on the edge of your your seat, on your toes. <sighs> you got the one first game. Toes, you got the second game. One of my game, toes is broken. You got the third game. I like to keep on all nine of your toes. <laughs> you got the fourth game. You got the fifth game. You got the sixth game. I'm, I'm getting paper. Give me a second. So that's Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. That is Ace Attorney Justice for All. Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulations. Apollo Justice Ace Attorney. Uh, Ace Attorney Dual Destinies. And then Ace Attorney... Spirit of Justice. Spirits of Justice. It's either Spirit or Spirits. I always forget. I messed it up a lot when that game was out. Uh, Spirit of Justice. Thank you. You were the, always the one who was like correcting me on it. So. Uh, the boat, two, three, four, follow, five. The big sounds of Al writing out things. Okay, um, let's let's take this back into the other room now and figure out some ranking. <laughs> uh, we, we're traveling with Al. <laughs> Ow, my butt. Oh no, your butt. My butt. Your poor, poor butt. Okay, um, well, I, the, the last one, ooh, I don't know, I was gonna say the last, no, it's, it's easy, okay. Uh, Dual Destinies is last. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Justice for yeah, it's, all. It's, it's either that or two. So. Yep. 
they're they're pretty equivalent mm-hmm. honestly um it's that thing i told you about where like those two the you could separate this series into two tri- two, tri- two trilogies the second mm-hmm. game and both of those trilogies are the weakest games in the series yes i agree with you i personally would put this game as the fourth best game in the series I'm 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 still I'm still mathing it. Hold on. Because you have, in my opinion, uh, Trials and Tribulations is the best. Apollo and Spirit of Justice are interchangeable in terms of being the second best game. Like they are that good, and it's yeah. it's 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 depending on which way the wind's blowing for me to decide that. And then after that, it's the first game. Okay, I, I have mine written. Okay. Um, so I have um, Apollo Justice as one. Yeah. Um, Trials and Tribulations as two. Yeah. Spirit of Justice as three. Yeah. The original Ace Attorney as four. Yeah. And then Justice for All and then Dual Destinies. Yeah, okay. So there you go. That's my, my, my official ranking. Which by no means is like this being the fourth best game in the series is is no like knock against it. Like these those those top four games are elite yeah uh five five and six a little less much but yeah i mean we did get more apollo and, and dual destiny so that's that's good but it's a weak game it's a weak game um we also got like edgelord apollo and dual destinies which was weird um but we did get space and space is cool space and we we got to in dlc like defend an orca yeah i still haven't be, i've never finished that case that's really upsetting it's it's a pretty funny case but um but yeah I, that's that's how i'd rank it and probably like if you ask tomorrow like justice for all and dual destinies might switch but yeah totally the rest of them place the top four are the top four I might say, though, that just with how iconic it is, this soundtrack might be my favorite. I, mostly just because of how ingrained it is into me. Yeah, and I mean, the good thing is that, like, they reuse tracks. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're, like, losing every single bit of the original game's totally. tra- uh, soundtrack. One of my favorite things they do in, in Trials and Tribulations is literally, like, bring back some of the the music from the first game mm-hmm. and it's like the hypest yeah and i think that's one thing that was cool for me about like um they did it in dual destinies and spirit of justice too that they're like all right here's some like legit themes that you've had in the mm-hmm. past and like you lose yeah it was great um but yeah so that's that's my ranking and i'm sorry that you guys had to listen to me scribble and um I, I feel like I should like post this on Twitter so that people can actually see how horrible my handwriting is <laughs> and like, what it looked like when I was actually writing this because it's pretty chaotic. Oh man. I don't know that anybody would be able to actually read it. I could. Maybe you. I could. Because you like know. I know you. What? Yeah. Um, the funniest part and, and the part that, um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense is um so i was friends with donald duck when i worked at disney world quack 
quack. And um, from then on, my D's always look like Donald Duck's signature. <laughs> so, um, like, if you look at this and you look at my D's and Dual Destinies, like, they're, they're Donald Duck D's. Good. <laughs> yeah, they just don't have, like, one little part on his actual signature, but... Thing. Anyway, let's talk about this game. Let's talk about this game. Um, so you start off with a tutorial case. Mm-hmm. With Larry Butts. With your your old pal Larry Butts, Phoenix Wright's childhood friend, rookie defense attorney Phoenix Wright, his first case. Rookie S cop. Rookie rookie <laughs> cop Phoenix Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he is being mentored by his his mentor, uh, mm -hmm. Mia Fey. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they are defending uh, his his friend Larry Butts over the accusation that he murdered his girlfriend. Which yep. you know from the very beginning he didn't do it because you see the murderer right away. <laughs> yep. Um, this is a good case basically to get you like in invested or like it's not invested but like to learn the controls, learn how the gameplay works in the in the courtrooms. And, like, to let you understand, like, the logic behind all these... Technically, these are all puzzles, essentially. Um, and it gives you a good way to kind of, like, do that. It's it's pretty... It's a pretty straightforward case. Very simple to kind of get through. Um, and that's kind of what you need, especially when you're going into the series for the first time. You kind of need that, like, we're going to kind of just hand you this and have you figure it out. It's not going to be too difficult. But it's going to be something that, like, okay, I understand how these work now. I understand, like, what the mechanics are. And I guess for those of you that aren't aware, the mechanics in the courtroom are essentially, you know, are what a trial would be. Well, I guess kind of what a trial would be. It's it's a glamorized version of what a trial would be. Um, you uh, Witnesses come up to the stand. They give their testimony. You have to cross-examine their testimony, look for contradictions, uh, you can do that by basically like pressing them on a statement and be like, hey, can you further elaborate on this? Or I don't know if this is really matching up. Once you find that contradiction, you uh, you object. And that's basically where you will present a piece of evidence that contradicts what their statement. And essentially, that's how the game progresses. And you'll, of course, run into different witnesses of course, along through these trials. And you'll have to like poke and prod them to basically find find the truth and get your... Get your client the not guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what that's basically what this first case does. It's gives you all that in a nutshell. <laughs> you learn with also the the joke of Larry Butts being wild. If it's and sad. if it smells like the butts, it's probably, if it smells, it's usually the butts. If it smells, it's usually the butts. Yeah. Um, this case also takes or it kind of extends into the next case because uh the murder weapon in the first case is a is a clock that is basically resembling uh the statue of the thinker and the whole thing about this case is that like oh the time on the clock is different from what the time actually was because the the girlfriend was traveling and all this sort of stuff yada 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 mm -hmm. and then it basically becomes the murder weapon in the next case correct which uh, the second case is basically where the game begins proper. Yeah, you are the, the 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 shackles are off. You are you are you are in it now. You have to do everything. Um, and this is basically where the story kicks into high gear. 
as well. Um, right away, you learn, uh, hey, you know how you have a mentor? Yeah, she's dead. She's dead. She is she dead. She got murdered. She got murdered. You have to now solve her murder. Also, her sister's here, and she's being accused of being the murderer. <laughs> Yay. Uh, this is where you meet Maya, who becomes a stalwart throughout the entire series from this point forward as yep. basically your assistant, your, your, your good buddy, your pal. Um, and then this is also the first case that you go head-to-head with Edgeworth. Mm-hmm. And it basically starts to, uh, to tease the implications of what uh, Phoenix and Edgeworth's relationship was, uh, why they are so uneasy <gasps> with each other, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> you were just fueling the fanfic. That's true. Um, and then also this is where it basically opens up the second portion of the game, and that is the investigation portion of the game. Where mm-hmm. you are going around the crime scenes, you're poking and prodding at the environment, finding clues, uh, talking to people, getting clues from them, getting testimonies from them, um, and then also just meeting the various different characters that you will meet along the way. Like you meet Gumshoe here, um, mm-hmm. and he's going to become a big a big factor throughout these 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 games as well. That poor guy. <laughs> he's he's very loyal, loyal to a he's- fault. Extremely loyal. But he's a good dude. He's, he, is, he just wants to call you is, pal. He is ultimately a very good guy. Mm-hmm. He, like, you're supposed to, like, kind of not like him at first because he's against you. Mm-hmm. But then, like, as the series goes on, you're like, Gumshoe's not a bad dude. He's just doing his job and also getting pay cuts constantly. Uh, this is the uh, This is the first case where, like, basically... Uh, it extends past like just a single trial, so like you have multiple day trials. That means mm-hmm. multiple days of investigation, which leads mm-hmm. on terms of like here's all these different suspects you have to figure out. Like okay, who's the actual person that did the murder and all this sort of stuff. Um, this also is since it's the first time you meet Edgeworth, they paint him as like a bad guy immediately because he's the prosecutor. That prosecutor. Prosecutors are jerks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, and basically they, they like, they kind of like build him up as like, you know, he's, he's, he's the new hot, uh, prosecutor. Basically he's the young upstart getting wins all, all across the trials he goes through sometimes via shady ways. Uh That's something that'll, that'll pop up throughout the rest of the series, honestly. Yep. Um, but eventually you, uh. You find out who uh, who killed who killed Maya, or Mia, excuse me, um, and basically it's Donald Trump. <laughs> it's, it's it's I mean, I mean you're not. Wrong. I'm not wrong. I just didn't really think about that. Which there is this um this character uh in this uh, in this trial that I think is entertaining. She's like the little pink girl. Mm-hmm. And I think she's a very entertaining character in the sense that, like, she has this, like, whole cute thing that she does. Like, she acts really cute and adorable so that people will believe her. But then, like, every character has, like, a breakdown um, mm-hmm. animation. And hers is terrifying. Uh, and yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, it's it's a cool thing because, like, you very rarely get to see, like, women characters be something that's not just, like, attractive. 
And yeah, she's like a bad character. Like she's a bad guy. But at the same time, like it, it, it's a thing that this series is not afraid to do. Totally. Um, the, the character you're referring to, whose name is April May. April May. <laughs> June, July, August, September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the main bad guy in this, in this the ba- main suspect, I should say, is his name is Red White, the president Red White. of Blue Corp. Yep. Red, White, Blue. Yep. Uh, this case also establishes the fact that me and Maya are from a family of um, spirit mediums. Yes. Which automatically the game's just going into a supernatural element. Yep. Uh, so just gotta do it. You learned that like their mother was this prominent spirit medium that was brought in by the police. Um, ended up making a mistake. Basically, it ruined her career. She has gone missing since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and this case is going to get brought up prominently. Uh, yes. You're gonna you're gonna begin to learn about this case via two letters and a number dl6 i say do you do you remember the dl6 incident do you remember Jared? the dl6 incident do you do you remember the dl6 i incident, do remember Jared? the dl6 incident you probably remember it just as well as you remember uh the the song for apollo uh... <laughs> <laughs> no was a guitar serenade yeah. something like that DL6. DL6. So yeah, that that'll come up a lot. Uh but basically you find you 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 coerce Red White into the stand and then Phoenix is able to to do his his business. <laughs> do his thing. Do his thing, but he also he's he's freaking out and also uh Mia I think takes over Maya at one point cuz she's a spirit medium as well. Yep. And that's how they do that, and she helps him kind of get through the, get through this case and bump up his confidence. Which one thing that is not great about the series? Um, there's a lot that is great about the series. There are some things that are not, and one of those things that is not is that whenever Mia takes over, in this instance, Maya, and then later on Pearl's body, like they really test the limits of the outfits. Mm-hmm these girls were wearing and like considering the fact that like i do understand that it's a spirit medium type situation but like you're still kind of like dealing with underage girls like can we not have just like giant chesticles hanging out yeah yeah like um they they purposefully did that whereas like with mia and her original art like it wasn't as like gratuitous Mm -mm. like she she's busty um and there's like no way around that, and that's fine. You can have busty characters, but like let's let's not make them like busting out busty. It's problematic. So our next case takes us to a, uh, <laughs> a children's TV show. Yay! Uh, With Will Powers, the aforementioned Turnabout Samurai. We're going to learn a lot about the Steel Samurai and, and hear that that theme song a lot. A lot. Uh, it becomes so iconic that like it becomes Phoenix's ringtone throughout yep. the rest of the series, which yep. is really good. Uh, we meet a, a variety of new characters as well in this case, which is the, the, the basics of this case is that Will Powers, the main actor of who plays the Steel Samurai, is accused of murdering his co-star, Jack Hammer, who played the villain in the series. 
And now everyone's up in arms like, oh, uh, my alarm went off uh, and it startled me. <laughs> we have uh, we have a new character up here, here who is going to be a staple in the series. Yep. Named Wendy Oldbag. Wendy Oldbag. She, she becomes very infatuated with Edgeworth. She has the hots for Edgeworth. Yeah. Wendy, Wendy doesn't go away. No. Wendy's going to be with us for a while. She's she's pretty amazing. At one point, she gets like a a, a, a ray gun. Yeah, she does. <laughs> it's real weird. Um. Also, hold on. I'm trying to remember, and you may know off the top of your head. We've just recently passed when this game takes place. We we've we've been past this game for a while. This because so technically this game is is set quote unquote uh in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen? Okay. Yeah. The future Zura. The future Zura. Um I remembered that like we had passed the date recently and mm -hmm. relatively recently. I think we have just passed through all of the third game. If my Did memory we? serves me correct. I don't know. I'll I am looking at the looking for the date. Yeah, we literally like the the date of the yeah, the date of the last trial and and uh trials and tribulations was February seventh to tenth to the tenth, twenty nineteen. Wow. Wow. So there you go. Now we know. We've, we're we're almost all caught up with we've, we're all caught up with the first trilogy. I don't know when Apollo Justice takes place like seven years after trials and tribulations so that'd be like what yeah uh the first case in apollo justice takes place in 2026 so we got a little bit okay <laughs> a little while ago yeah because phoenix is like in his early 20s yeah and in, in this and then like by the time that we get to the second trilogy he's in his 30s mm -hmm. I think the only thing that might actually come up soon would be the would be one of the trials they reference in Apollo Justice. Apollo Justice, yeah. That happens kind of soon after the events of Trials and Tribulations. But if you want to if you want to learn more about that, go listen to our Apollo Justice episode. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh it's good. back to the first game. Samurai. Ten years in the past. Ten years in the past. Uh, yeah, this is a real weird, goofy case, because it's all about, like, it's all about a children's TV show, which is, like, kind of Sentai-ish in a way, mm -hmm. which is one of those things that's interesting that they would have to localize over, which, I mean, it, I guess, was, isn't it, like, that strange? Power Rangers was a yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's Sentai as well, so nothing too, too wild. Uh, one of the things that has not aged well in this case... <laughs> Is uh the um when you meet the director, mm -hmm. Sal Manella, Blah. and he speaks in elite speak. He speaks in elite speak. That is still a thing that is even in this this latest version. And I well, I mean they wouldn't change. Yeah, that. I just remember I got to that section. I was like, oh, this yeah, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't uh ooh, yeah. I mean it worked well back in 2005 but 2019 this is uh, not not the same. 
I mean, did it even work well then? Because, like, he was supposed to make you cringe. Yeah, I guess to be fair. I mean, but back then as well, like, it would have been more prominent. Like, people would have been more speaking, like, speaking like that. You would have seen it a lot more frequently than you do now. That makes sense. Um, also, I Salmonella is quite the name. It really is. There, there are going to be people who play this game for the first time who have never encountered Elite Speak. What? That is totally a possibility. Do people not do Elite Speak at all anymore? I don't think so. Not really. I don't ever really see it anymore. Unless it's like a joke about like the mid 2000s. <laughs> um. I do, but that's because, like, a lot of, um, this is going to sound really terrible, but a lot of passwords that I deal with are in late speak. I mean, that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. But also, you are, you're of the age, same as me, that you would have seen a lot of that, so, like, you would know it. Yeah. But there are going to be people who play this game who have never seen late speak before and are going to be very confused when they get to this character. I mean, yeah. That makes sense. He's creepy. He is very creepy. Uh, this case is kind of like on its own in terms of story because like it's not really connected to anything else in like the main story per se. Um, but eventually you kind of find out that like one of like the head producers of the series was like blackmailing the dude who died, and it's just like a bunch of weird things. They're covering up a murder that happened five years ago. Um, and he was like going to go kill her and then she accidentally kills him and it's just it's this whole thing it's a whole um, thing we also learned that Maya is a big 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 fan of um, Steel Samurai yes. she does not understand why Phoenix is not into it as well mm -mm. Uh, this is also the uh, the case where after you beat it Edgeworth comes up to you and is very concerned and does not want to see Phoenix ever again because he is he has given him unnecessary feelings. Yeah. Which, again, uh, people take that feel. into some different context. Yeah. Fun fanfic. Funfic? Fun fanfic fic. fuel. Uh, that, that phrase has been used uh, basically for everything mm -hmm. um, in terms of like fueling their relationship. In fiction, in fiction, I should say, um, they they are not in a canon romantic relationship. No, <laughs> despite what people may say. Uh, the final case of the original release, episode number four, turnabout goodbyes. Um, hey, do you remember the DL six incident? Man, I think I may have heard about the DL6 incident, like, once or twice. DL6. Uh, we are finally going to learn about the DL6 incident here. We In are. In its entirety. Uh, also, this is the case that takes place on Christmas. Christmas! It is, uh, it is the basis of a Christmas sweatshirt that I have. Mm-hmm. That is literally, like, <laughs> the artwork for this case, but it's all Christmasified. Yep. It's really good. Uh, and also, if you've ever seen the meme from the, uh, the the live action film where Phoenix is talking about how something did not happen or happened after midnight on Christmas so, or 
was before midnight on Christmas, so it wasn't Christmas and everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. That is a thing as well. Um, there was something else that I was gonna say that was iconic about this. Oh, the the parrot, but we'll we'll get to that. We will get to that. Um, That's very iconic. The first thing you see is the basically the scene that it kind of sets up what the case is going to be, and you see mm-hmm. someone get shot, dumped out of a boat, and mm-hmm. it cuts to a person holding a gun, and it's Edgeworth. Of a bomb. And you're like, oh boy. Edgeworth, what have you done? What have you done, you boy? You boy. You boy. <laughs> uh, so you do not face off against Edgeworth in this case, because he is obviously, he is the accused guilty or not guilty but he's being tried for murder (laughs) Uh, you face off against his mentor Mm -hmm. manfred von karma who is a real big jerk (laughs) he is the worst he is a real terrible dude he's legitimately one of the worst dudes uh also like you you find out that this is where edgeworth got his love for like Ascots and all that nonsense are crab, 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 what are they called? Cravats. Cravats. Yes. He, 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 he has his fondness of them because of Manfred von Karma, who, um, he kind of looks like, I'm trying to think of what you could describe him as. An old guy. No, I mean, he has, like, a specific look to him. Like, he looks like he would be a villain in an opera or something. He's, like, a villain, like, a villainous lawyer in, like, a British 1700s show. (laughs) He would be the divorce lawyer if we're having, like, a divorce set in, like, revolutionary America. There you go. (laughs) But he's on the British side, and this is an American-made movie because we have to make them villainous. So, uh, so this case revolves around uh, the murder that happens on the boat around Christmas, and also the DL six incident, which the DL six the DL six incident is an unsolved murder that mm-hmm. revolves around Edgeworth's father being murdered. I think it was like fifteen years before. Yes, this? and the reason these two kind of come together is that the statute of limitations on the DL six incident is coming up, and Da-ba-ba. basically. Edgeworth like gets gets things into where like it basically intertwines those two cases together and you have to solve both this case and the D- what happened what truly happened with the DL6 incident. It is a very big culmination. <laughs> yeah, for it's, this it's game. A, it's a big deal. Also you get to hang out also, with Also we get some we get to hang out with a dog missile. and a parrot but not the missile. But a good missile. He's a, he's a he's a good dog. He's a good dog, he's but he's a not good dog. Um. Also, we get some tragic backstory in terms of Edgeworth. Yeah, we do. Oof. This buddy's got problems. He has got problems. He he. I mean, he was on an elevator that was being deprived of oxygen, and then his father gets murdered. Yep. And then also he's like, maybe I might have been the one who killed my dad. I don't know. I've kind of blacked it out, but also I have nightmares that I might have done it. I don't really know. Oh, God. You know, people are so worried about, like, the unnecessary feelings with Phoenix. It's like, somebody just needs to get this boy into therapy before they get <laughs> my boyfriend. Come on. Also, when you've, like, spent... So, like, his father dies. Von yes. Karma takes basically... He adopts him. He basically. adopts him. 
And the weird thing is that, like, Edgeworth's dad and Von Karma were, like, rivals in court. Yep. So your your dad's rival is now your parental figure and is now teaching you the ways of the law. It's a weird thing. Because Gregory Edgeworth, um, Miles' dad... Mm-hmm. He was a defense attorney. Correct, because uh, yeah. you see, you see the basis of that, uh, of how Phoenix, Miles, and uh, Larry meet with the whole classroom trial thing. Yes, and they yes, yes. they talk about how Edgeworth always talked about wanting to become a defense attorney, just yeah. like his dad. And then, like, once he comes back, and once Phoenix meets him, and he's a prosecutor, he's very confused. <laughs> That's not what you said when you were five. <laughs> you jerk! You lied fifteen <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Nice. So there's that. Also, there's apparently people thinking there's a Loch Ness monster in this lake. Yes, yes. Um, because you have the the girl with the fro that takes pictures. A lot of heart. A lot of heart. <laughs> she does have a lot of heart. It's good names. Good names. <laughs> See, okay. I'm just going to say I love puns. I think they're amazing. Mm-hmm. They are a solid form of humor. So when you have puns like this just all throughout the game, like, yes, I love it. It makes me so happy. And, like, I laugh every time. And then sometimes I don't get them, and then when I do finally get them, I'm like, oh, you. But that came, like, more so in, like, <laughs> Spirit of Justice. When Spirit of Justice had some different names, I was like, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> anyway, did you hear about the DL6 DL6 incident? incident. Uh, also, this is where we learned truly what uh, Maya and Mia's mom did. She she summoned Gregory Edgeworth, and he pointed mm-hmm. out the person who he, he thought murdered him. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out that wasn't actually true. So that's why she gets basically cast out and all this blame placed on her and she goes into hiding. So there's all that. Everybody is intertwined here. Everything is intertwined here, which is going to become a staple of the series. Like Larry's here. He's got a hot dog stand. <laughs> he, he is the cause of the, the, the Loch Ness monster freak out that everyone's having. Because his steel samurai, like blow up, uh, thing gets like caught on an air tank and is in the water. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, you learn Edgeworth is scared of earthquakes because that's an earthquake happened when he was in that elevator. Yep. He's like, I hate him. I hate him. Which, you know, it makes sense in either California or Japan. True. That you would have them often. True. Uh, you also learn that like he was in there with his dad and also a bailiff who goes by the name of Yanni Yogi. Yanni Yogi. Uh, he becomes a character that you you meet pretty soon after who's basically like you think has lost all his memory, has amnesia of the incident. Mm-hmm. But maybe is not, not necessarily the case. Because you meet his parrot. You do. <laughs> Polly the parrot, who has some interesting things to say, like, hey, don't forget DL6. Don't forget the DL6 incident. Which is very suspect. It is. Polly want a cracker. Uh, Don't forget the DL6 incident. That leads to a wild bit of circumstance and where 
Phoenix Wright trying to save this trial and make it so that he can not fail here calls the parrot to the witness stand. <laughs> Which is iconic. Iconic. Like, legitimately, this man is like, okay, you know what? We gotta turn this around. We gotta figure this out. Let's bring this parrot. And everybody's like, you're going to cross-examine a parrot. Which literally, it's it's Von Karma's like, what you gonna you're gonna cross examine the parrot for some for some jokes? And Wright's like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Which is kind of like an early, well, I was gonna say an early Phoenix um, style, but even in the later games, he does this too. Somebody will say something that's joking. He's like, wait a minute, you're onto something there. <laughs> like, no. That's genius. And then they're like, wait, 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 wait. It was a joke, Phoenix. It was no. Oh, now we lost the case. God. Uh, this is how they tie uh, the old dude who becomes, who you learn as Johnny Yogi to everything. Because the parrot is named Polly, who was named after his former fiance that died. Mm -hmm. And the safe that he has in his room, the, the code to it is 1228, the date of the DL6 incident. Da-da-da-dun. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then basically after that, you have to figure out the DL6 incident. In order to solve the current case. Yes. Um, and basically that that is is figuring out who killed Edgeworth's dad. And it's something that they haven't figured out until then. But uh, basically you find out that like there was a second shot that took place. In that elevator, one was was Miles basically kind of like going for the gun and like it just like flying and bouncing. Yeah. There's a second shot that is the one that kills Gregory. Mm-hmm. But the first bullet, the bullet from the gun that's in the elevator that gets thrown around and and shoots off incidentally, they never found the bullet for that. Nope. And basically, that that kind of becomes the the key to solving this case. Where Phoenix is like, "What if the killer has that bullet with them? What if there is still a bullet in their body?" Mm hmm. Hmm. Also, you get introduced to um, metal detectors in this this uh, mm -hmm. this part of the game, which is wild and fun. Gotta love metal detectors. Man, they're so fun. Um, you also learned that like after the events of the DL6 incident, Von Karma takes off a, a significant leave of absence. And everyone's like, that was real strange. Like, he never took breaks. Like, why did he take a long vacation after this? Mm-hmm. And basically, they were like, well, maybe... What if you got what if you got that bullet out of you? What if you were the one that was there? Da-ba-bum. Um, this is where the... <laughs> This is where the metal detector comes in because they put a metal detector up to Von Karma and it reveals there's something in his arm or his shoulder. Yep. His shoulder. I think he like he screams at one point and that Edward's like, I've heard this before. I've heard that scream. I've before. heard that scream before. And he realized like Von Karma was at that elevator. And basically they uh they reveal Von Karma was the one who was behind the DL6 incident. And basically was trying to, in perpetuity, like, eliminate anyone who had connections with the DL6 incident 
So, like, yep. they could not bring it back to trial. Yep. So it could, uh, like, the statute of limitations could go away. Mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, I guess means that, like, Miles technically shot him. It, by yeah. all technicalities. But also, like, he murdered a man. Big time. <laughs> Big time murdered a man. Um, yeah, it, it's it's crazy that he's just, like, determined to just take anybody out that has to do with that case. Mm -hmm. But also adopts the man's kid. Yep. Like, that's... Ooh. We usually say, like, big d synergy here, but, like, I don't even know that that's big d synergy. That's big That's, that's big d energy. <laughs> the other B. Like, you... You killed this man. You straight up killed him because he is your rival in a courtroom. Now I'm going to take your son and mold him into my image. It is, I mean, essentially, it's like the evil version of it's the story of Garo, Bark of the Wolves. It is the evil story of Terry Bogard. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that Ace Attorney ripped off Garo, Bark of the Wolves. I mean, sort of. Except for there's there's more like <laughs> insane outfits in this one. What if Von Karma just threw his jacket? What if he threw his jacket? And just went over to Phoenix and was like, hey, rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Buster Wolf. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's how the, the case ends. Uh, you get like a little wrap up. Um Larry gives Edgeworth an envelope containing money, and it's the money he stole from him in, at, in like, elementary school all those years ago. Yep. The truth has come out. The truth out. has come out. Uh, you get a little, like, uh, scenes during the credits. Uh, Maya goes to go train to be a better spirit medium, which that'll come into play in the next game. Hmm. And then the game ends, and you have to yell, objection. Objection! Depending on the version you have. The, the newer version, you don't have to do that. It just does it automatically. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's no microphones. Well, I guess there's microphones, but not on everything. Yeah. It's a wild case. It really is. And it's such a cool way to wrap up this game. Originally. Originally. And then there's, then there's a new case. But, like, legit... If you really want to know what you're getting into when it comes to Ace Attorney, like, this trial is it. Mm -hmm. You're going to know from then on, like, okay, I'm going to cross-examine a parrot... <laughs> Everything's going to be connected. Um, I get to have some neat tools every once in a while. And also, like, maybe Edgeworth isn't that bad of a dude. It's true. Although he's just still kind of stuck. Also, how have we not mentioned the fact that Phoenix has ridiculous hair? He has the best hair. It's all slicked back, have spiky. <laughs> It's so spiky. It's, go it it's so good. Like <laughs> super back. Like it is the most slick back your hair could ever be. It is. Like imagine if he tried to put his head on a pillow without washing out his <laughs> hair gel. He just has indentions in his pillow, so like he just fits right in. Or like his hair is so spiky that it just like pokes holes in his pillow. <laughs> somebody somebody get this man's hair gel under control. I like on the Please. on the on the Phoenix Wright uh page on the Ace Attorney Wikia, there's like we got four different images for you depending on how old you want to see Phoenix. 
from twenty one do- from age thirty five to age twenty one. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. His hair is less spiky at at thirty five. Oh, he's old. What? He's getting old. He can't keep the hair up that much anymore. No, I'm trying to figure out why Siri's talking to me. He, no, no, you're fine, Siri. Thank you. He gets a bang when he gets older now, too. He does get a bang. I feel like in the anime they showed him at uh, one point without like his hair like down and not super spiky. Really? His hair's not super spiky at twenty one. I wanna say that was a thing, but I don't remember. I don't see now I'm here. now I'm interested. Um his eyebrows are wild. Gotta look squiggly. And then in the middle of there, we just have Hobo Phoenix that we talk about in the the Apollo Justice episode. It's f***ing scruffy dude. He, man, I strive to be that hobo-ish when I'm 33. I still, it's still weird that we are both older than Phoenix Wright. I mean, we're both older than a version of Phoenix Wright. No, we're we are older than Phoenix Wright. No, he is there. Are... So his his birth year is supposedly 1992 or 1993. Oh yeah, we're older than him. Yeah. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. Man. So if we're thinking about it that way, he's also. I looked at this wiki. He says reckon birth years. Yeah, we don't know. We're just taking a guess. 1992, 1993. Can like, can you imagine like? the kinds of things that they were into at that point like he would have been a peak 90s child he would have been that's why his hair so slicked back i'm looking at the picture of him crying and his hair is still slicked back the guy has not changed hairstyles since he was 10 nope oof never oof buddy sometimes you just got to have you got to change the hair up I say as somebody's had the same hairstyle since like 2011. I mean, it works for you. It works Thank for you. Phoenix too. I mean, except for his pillow, his poor pillow rip. Poor pillow. Anyway, let's talk about the last case. Let's talk about Rise the last the case. Uh, Rise from the Ashes came came about uh, when the uh, DS version of the game came out. Like we said, yep. uh, uh, Amer- Capcom America was like, hey, we want to implement some new stuff like DS specific stuff. And they're like, okay. We don't really want to, but okay. We'll do it anyways. <laughs> um, so this case takes place a little bit after the events of the first game. Um, Maya is, like like we said at the end of the credits, Maya is gone. So you do not have her as your your sidekick throughout this, throughout this case. Instead, you get a new character. You get the... Uh, the spunky high school Emma Sky who wants to be... Uh, a scientific investigator. Emma Sky is legit one of the best characters in the entire Ace Attorney series. She is. I love her. She's great. She's so good. Obviously, like yeah. she's gonna show up here, but not throughout the rest of the trilogy. But that's just because this just this trial came about after the the trilogy had ended already. So. Yep. But uh, she Whoops. she she basically makes her reappearance in Apollo Justice and then in Spirit of Justice. Mm-hmm. Basically, any game with justice in the title. <laughs> yes. she's all about justice. She she is about justice, and she likes to hang out with Apollo. She does. Uh, but uh, 
so this 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 trial basically kind of separates itself from the main story of the first game as well where it's its own kind of separate isolated incident um basically emma's sister lana has been accused of murder and lana's mm-hmm. like yeah i did it you don't want to defend me i did it yeah no other attorney's coming to help me because i did it and, and he's like and Phoenix is like uh we're still gonna defend you yeah and, and i was like yeah that, that can't be the case and he's also reminded of uh maya mia mm-hmm. And I think that's part. He basically says that's part of the reason why he takes the case is because yeah. of that reminder. But and also because uh, Mia and Lana knew each other. Yes. They were they were acquainted with each other. She, Lana knew of Phoenix via Mia. Yep. So there is also that. Um. But also Emma's like, please help me. Yes. Uh, we meet a wide variety of new characters as well. A lot of different uh, people within the police department or former associates of the police department. Uh, you meet Angel Starr, who was a former detective. Damon mm-hmm. Gant, who is the chief of police. Mm-hmm. Mike Meekins, who's just like this weird scrawny dude who's just a cop. He's just a cop. He shows up a few times. Jake Marshall, who is literally a cowboy cop. A cowboy cop. He's just he's just a cowboy cop. That's literally that's, all he is. <laughs> that's literally who he is, yes. But uh, but this trial kind of is is similar in a way to the the final trial of the original game, where it is a trial that's happening, but also is intertwined with this other trial that happened that really wasn't solved, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out a way to solve both of them. And again, it is it is it basically everything involves a higher some dude who's in a in a in a position of high power. And uh, you will learn soon throughout that, like, not everything is as it seems. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different cover-ups. There are apparently deaths that happen at the same time, and it's the same person dying at the same time in different locations. How does that happen? How are, Why are all these people here? Why are they all connected to this former incident? What makes it so that, like, everything is connected again? Is a It's a wild, wild ride. Also, you, you meet the Blue Badger for the first yes. time. Yes. A, ser- a series staple. The, the cowboy. Um, but you didn't say Wild West. It was just... Yeehaw. Tragic. They yeed their last haul. <laughs> uh, but essentially a lot of this comes down to, like, you figuring out the, uh, the, 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 the case that happened in the past. The SL9 case this time. <laughs> <laughs> different, uh, different, different case tag. Um, and that involved a bunch of the people that you meet throughout this. Um, Emma was a key witness throughout it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lana and Damon Gant were a, a team of investigators at the time. Obviously, they, they rise to different ranks after this. Um, and basically, they were investigating a serial killer. And the serial killer busts, busts into Lana and Damon's office and tries to kill Emma. But then stuff happens and they catch him. But... Uh, cowboy cop's brother is the one who dies here. Yes. And then a lot of stuff happens. Like, a lot of stuff. <laughs> this case is long. It's super long. And it's, it, like, not what you'd expect from, like, kind of, like, a, a quote-unquote DLC case. 
but uh, it goes and goes and goes. Eventually, you find out uh, the chief of police is not all he says he is. Mm-hmm. He is a very shady dude. Um, before we get to the shadiness, um, don't we also learn in this case that like Edgeworth drives a really, really fancy car? Yes, because the murder happens in his trunk. Yes. And he won the like the the King of Prosecutors award. He's like, I don't want this. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't, don't want this. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. He, he drives such a fancy car. It's red, just like him. I mean, he's kind of maroon, but you also yeah. get to go to his office, and it's like, <laughs> it's a bunch of like law books, and like there's a there's literally a framed uh suit coat of his, and then there's like steel samurai merchandise. Steel samurai back. merchandise everywhere. Like he's a nerd. It's so good. It's really good. Which he gets very defensive in the series if you don't talk, like, if you don't like Steel Samurai, which Phoenix doesn't, like, he's not into it yet. Um, but he's very defensive throughout. He's like, what? It's the greatest show ever. <laughs> like, he's such a nerd. It's why him and Maya are able to bond. It's true. Uh, one of the things I actually like about this case as well is that, like, you have to go against Edgeworth in the case because, like, obviously, um, the... Uh, the chief of prosecutors is on trial, so he's the one who has to take up the case. But yep. like by the end of it, it's literally just the two of you like helping each other figure things out. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things since like the first time that we get that um, in, in the in the series is that we have like this kind of like bros trying to find the truth mm-hmm. type of thing, which you end up getting again in Apollo Justice. Yeah, um, that at one. At, at certain points, instead of it being a matter of who's going to win, it becomes a matter of what's the actual yeah. truth. It's a it's, it's something they the, also bring up again with Miles in uh, the third game when when things happen to Phoenix and he has to come in and be like, "Well, oh, I'm a defense attorney now." Yep, yeah, <laughs> for one night only. Funny. One night only, showing Miles Edgeworth as the defense attorney. But yeah, like I really like how they kind of that's the first time you really get to see that, and it it kind of is in a way like subverts your expectations of like how these trials are supposed to go because usually it's back and forth with the prosecutor and all that stuff but like this time it's just like edwards is just like i don't like (laughs) all this stuff is real shady i don't give a anymore like we're gonna figure (laughs) out what really happened here he's like i don't even care if i lose at this point it doesn't matter like he's still going to give you a run for your money because he's still trying to figure out like what's going on here and, and it, it's like, like yeah and it's a way it's like he's pushing you to to do better yeah um so yeah you just got to find some corruption within the police department hmm. you know as you do a common occurrence huh wow wow <laughs> capcom really does like their corrupt police departments don't they they do uh this police department was also a former art museum <laughs> <laughs> that's not true but it would be really funny i mean parts it of it actually be. kind of look like one it looks like it but yeah that would be very very funny like, there's literally an organ in the chief of police office police's office giant organ not like you know, not I like a do. body organ but like the piano <laughs> organ should you clarify a kidney in there and it's huge <laughs> this is the kidney i stole when i murdered this dude <laughs> all right by the way he the guy yeah he murdered a dude he He's super shady. He also covered up a bunch of evidence, used his power to 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 do all sorts of bad, bad things. Yep. 
Um, I can't remember off the top of my head why Lana, like, defends him. They were former partners, and basically he used his power of influence to give her the the job as, like, the head prosecutor. Basically just to keep her close by so she could, or so he could kind of do some shady stuff. And uh. essentially he's just, like, throwing his power around being like, hey, don't don't testify. Make sure you, you take the fall for this. Mm. So that's why. Okay, I couldn't remember. And then, like, by the end, by the end, like, Lana is, like, trying to also do it just to, to protect Emma so she doesn't have to remember what happened. But, like, obviously things happen and they're like, yeah, you got to remember this. So Emma has become our Miles here that she has to remember what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, She didn't she didn't murder anybody or, you know, well, OK, so Miles also didn't murder anybody, but he thought he did. But she didn't shoot anybody. She's just hello. Jingle jangle. Yeah. Hi, buddy. Sorry, cat is here. No, you're good, buddy. Um so yeah. A bunch of stuff happens. Apparently just because um we like we talked about, like this 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 trial comes up after the original trilogy was written. There was a mm-hmm. lot of different references to the uh the the trilogy within this case really so i'm gonna i'm gonna read you some of these please Uh, do at one point m asked phoenix if he was the coffee boy this says she may be referring to the coffee loving prosecutor in the third game just a little eh. ghetto uh there is a there is a thing where you can examine the ladder in the underground parking lot and you get some dialogue talking about if it's a ladder or a step ladder Yes! Which that is a thing that happens in this game and basically happens throughout the most of the game. It happens throughout, like, most of the series. Yeah. Uh, you can find a picture of Maggie in Gumshoe's uh, locker, which is a character that will be introduced in the second game and is someone that Gumshoe has a crush on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the in Edward's office is the, is the suit. There's, like, a framed suit, and that is the first suit he wore in his first murder investigation in his court debut. Which I believe is uh, the it is covered in the third game as well. Yes. Uh, Damon Gant's safe was a product of KB Security. It's a company that that appears later in the series as well. There is a uh, Gumshoe gives a flyer that has a note on it to Edgeworth, and in the flyer has a is basically a flyer for Tres Bien, a a uh, restaurant that shows up later in the series as well. Nice. Uh, let me see if there's anything else Uh, apparently in one of the cases in Apollo Justice he states that he once read a report about a case that Phoenix Wright worked on many years previously in said case there was a piece of cloth shoved into the tailpipe of a car that turned out to be a vital clue in solving the case he goes on to say that he's reminded of that case whenever he checks out a car and hence always checks the tailpipe that is a reference to this case where uh, Lana wrapped up a knife and threw it into the tailpipe of Edward's car. Oh, clever. Mm-hmm. Clever. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> Did not even realize that. Wow. Huh. Which makes sense. They would throw a bunch of like references and stuff to the older games and also like since Apollo Justice came after this came out, they could reference back to it. So. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and and 
knowing what we know about Apollo, like it makes sense that he would study that kind of case. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna study this hobo's case of history. (laughs) I mean, he he. I'm thinking more that he's like all about like. He is super as uh, evidenced by his name that he had no control over. He is all about justice. He is. So, like, he would definitely be interested in a case that, like, is involved with the corruption of the police force. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way he would be like, oh, I'm about this case. I have to read everything about it. Because that's just who he is as a person. Right, buddy? (laughs) He says yes. Good. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the bonus case. Introducing good characters and... It's a fun little and case that you get to you get to have as a bonus to to wrap up the first game. It is fun, and it introduces things that we get like um, later in the game, like we get the the fingerprints, mm-hmm. um, luminol spray, luminol spray. Uh, a lot of like the the various like DS specific um, controls that would become popular throughout the like the rest of the series. Essentially, were introduced here. Yes. Which is funny, again, like, Japan was like, no, no, this is dumb. Also, they say this throughout the entire series. But in case you didn't know, the ballistics are like the fingerprint of a gun. It's true. You will learn that. (laughs) They say that in, like, every case that involves a gun. It's hilarious. It's very, very I love true. this series. It's a great series. Um, if you uh, if you for some reason had never played it, and obviously we just spoiled the the first game for you. Sorry, but uh, pick up that that the new trilogy version that just came out everywhere. It's like thirty bucks, thirty or forty bucks. It's not not super expensive. It's thirty. So it's a great entry. And it's worth playing. Yeah, it's a great entry point to a a fantastic uh, trilogy of games. Um. And if you haven't played them in a while, like this is a great way to to go replay them again, and like you can actually it'll be the first time you'd be able to play them on like a television, which is an interesting thing to see. I'm real stoked about trying that. Mm-hmm. And it, it works. It like if you have the Switch version, it works really well handheld. Um, I played a, I played a, a bit of it when I was uh down hanging out with you. Yes, you did. So I forgot about that. It's true. And also, like the Switch has a special version that the other versions do not have. Whoa. And that, like, you can literally just take the tablet and play play it with that without Joy Cons, without anything, because you can just do touch con- touch touch controls for basically everything. So you can just play sense. it like that. All right. Real handy. Cool. So there you go. Uh, that is the first Ace Attorney game. It is very good. It is very good, and it it's it is a wild introduction to an even wilder mm-hmm. series. Very much so. Thanks, buddy. Some buzzing happening there. Yeah, he 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 just licked my forehead. <laughs> uh, well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap this episode up as we get some forehead licks. I affection. Uh, if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalamercheckup.com or sac.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Checkup and Jared and I Watch. Uh, there's a new episode of Seasonal Checkup up, so you could go check that out. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also columns and reviews on the side as well. Also, if, like we said, if you want more Ace Attorney talk, we'd, uh, go check out our Apollo Justice episode that we did a hear while me, back. Hear me squee about Apollo. That, yep. A lot Nothing of it. Nothing new there. Nope. I do love me some Apollo. Uh, if you want more from Al, 
Go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. So we do Twitter. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Next week, we will do something. Uh-huh. So look forward to something. Yay!